Hi, and welcome to Madness to Magic and my podcast, I'm with Crazy, a love story. I'm your host, Paulina Milana, author of The S Word. This show is for those of us who find ourselves surrounded by madness and wanting to find the magic within. We're going to come together here as caregivers to those who have been diagnosed with a mental illness. Maybe it's someone in the family we've been born into. Maybe it's someone we love. Maybe it's someone we work with. Maybe even it's ourselves. Whether we've been thrust into this caregiver role or taken it on by choice, this podcast is where we're going to share our stories and learn to realize the magic in all the madness we may have been experiencing. I promise you, it can be done. So let's get to it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Madness to Magic. And today it's pretty special because I actually have my brother with me, my first guest on Madness to Magic. So hello, Rosario. You want to say hello? Hello, and hang on. It's going to be a bumpy road. (laughs) And uh, for some reason, it's sort of like one of those things where, um, I don't know if you ever saw the Mary Tyler Moore show, Yes, We're Dating Ourselves, but there was an episode about Chuckles Chuckles the Clown, (laughs) Uh where they're at the funeral, um, and they just can't stop laughing. So that happens um, with uh, the two of us. So uh, there may be long periods of just laughter, so just go with it. So today, I actually, as you know, um, Menace to Magic, this whole podcast, is not just about uh, mental illness, but it's, it's really about navigating mental illness for those who are uh, relatives, um, family members, loved ones, uh, colleagues, um, anyone who really kind of is a caregiver of someone who has mental illness, um, there is very little out there, I think, for people who are in those positions, either by choice or not. And this podcast is intended to kind of give a voice, um, good, bad, and ugly, to anyone who has been through it. And so my brother and I obviously have been through it, both with our mother and um, our younger sister. And so I thought that since my brother's visiting me here from Chicago, um, we're out here in L.A., that I would ask him just a couple of questions have him give his insight, uh, his perspective, because everyone's obviously is different. Um, so without further ado, I thought we'd just kind of start with um, with you kind of maybe talking a little bit about um, your your first kind of memories, um, really of the whole family, like when when maybe we were quote unquote normal and then maybe the first kind of thing you remember where it was like, whoa, this maybe something's wrong here. So you cool with that? Yeah, I thought we were talking about recipes. Huh. <laughs> we can do that later. Okay. No, I'm, uh, you know, in terms of growing up, I think the difference was I was a lot more independent. I did things the way I wanted to do them, even though I got in trouble for it. It, uh, it, it never seemed to bother me to do things. You know, if I thought something I wanted to do, I wanted to do what I would. But again, uh, I'm sure Paulina expressed that uh, our parents were very old school, so there were consequences to pay. But in terms of dealing with the everyday mm, oddities, I would say, uh, you know, our father was fairly normal, obviously just working a typical job, trying to make ends meet, 
as meagerly as he could uh, at that time with four kids. And then our mother was a stay-at-home mom. So I think that had a lot to do with it, though, that bringing up or upbringing uh, from old school, you know, Italian family values, if we use that word, to uh, a, a new world where she assimilated to the point of where she did have a business of her own, but still taking care of four kids and doing everything that dad had to require. And then uh, uh, a pretty a pretty disciplinarian mentality from both our parents, actually. So, you know, I mean, again, I don't know how different it is from the time period, but uh, I think the Italian influence, again, as I mentioned, that old school mentality, that had a lot to do with how we were brought up as kids. Yeah. And um, so you were the second born, but right? So there was older sister, but you were the only boy. Yes. And that had to also kind of play into it, don't you think? Yeah, it did. I, and again, you hear the stories. You you probably talk more to uh, our older sister, Kathy, more than, than I do in terms of that. But, well, in, in back growing up, you know, I mean, I don't know how you guys felt for me. You know, I didn't, I personally just didn't see uh, a preference other than the fact that, like I said, I used to do things and still get in trouble for them, but I just did them anyway. Now, maybe I got a little more leeway because of being uh, the only male, but, you know, I also wasn't as, uh, how should I say, confrontational, I think, as uh, our older sister was, probably more so, maybe because she was. The firstborn, and as they say, firstborns always get uh, a little more the test kid. Yeah, exactly. So so. Yeah. So, um, so you've brought up a couple of times, you know, stuff that you did like anyway, right? So, like, what are some examples? What do you mean by that? Well, getting older, you know, basically being the first one uh, to want to get a car. Let's say, for example, at uh, the age of sixteen. Well, again. Getting a real job wasn't a real job, if you want, but at McDonald's to start making some money and actually started working there at 15. But uh, getting a car, I wanted my own car, obviously. And so I was looking for just a junker. You know, I just was going to pay cash for it. Big deal. So you have to fix it up a little bit. But uh, the only stipulation that our dad had was the only way I was going to get permission to get a car is if I bought it with my older sister. So taking my dad to check out a car, he wasn't too happy. I mean, I bought a, you know, being a big fan of uh, the Rockford Files, saw a beautiful uh, Firebird, same color, needed work, obviously, but my dad refused to allow it, even though it was my money, now that I think about it. <laughs> and so then made us buy a brand new car, at the time, a Sunbird, and I think at the time it was like $4,500 for a brand new car. But that was an expense that I didn't want. So although I got to have a car, the only way I could get a car was if it was a shared car. You know, and that then after a very short period of time, um, again, I think we were paying maybe $125 a month or something like that. Uh, my older sister couldn't afford it anymore, and she was more concentrated on school so she had to pull out, which then left me with, you know, a financial expense that I did not want. Mm -hmm. Cut into my partying <laughs> times. What year was that? Do you remember? Well, 16 years old. So what was it? 1980 was 
Did I graduate in 1980? Yeah, so it would be 70, was it 78? Or did I go to high school in 80? I can't remember anymore. <laughs> 1962. Yeah, so it was 1970, 1978. Yeah. So, all right, but the whole kind of car thing, I mean, granted, you know. Well, I would stay to... out. I would stay out, come home in the morning at 7 o'clock in the morning while Dad was getting ready to go to work. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys, I think, had to stay, couldn't go out after six o'clock in the evening <laughs> so yeah. no it was like 11 or something <laughs> those but, are all but that was getting older too you know that's yeah that's why i wanted to move out right so I, just, well, I always wanted to be on my own right i don't know if you guys did but for me it was always just right. you know i just wanted to be right. oh, oh just i wanted to do what i wanted to do yeah so let me ask you this so just because this whole podcast is about kind of navigating mental illness and you did mention you know, the oddities, right, at home. Mm-hmm. So how old were you when you remember the first time, like, witnessing or, or realizing that, Mom, it was not a physical thing, that there was something else going on? Hmm, interesting. Uh, well, we had our uncle living with us. So really, I think when he died, I think she... We heard later that she had mentioned, you know, that she was sort of tired of having him around. And so that might have played a a role in her thinking that her, you know, thinking of having him leave caused his death. Because that was, that's how old Italians think. Everything's a curse. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that might have been the first thing. But uh, just little by little in terms of, uh, you know, hearing voices or hearing sounds. I mean, she was, in, in, in a way... Uh, her madness was ahead of the curve because she thought about computers uh, <laughs> uh, controlling minds way before it actually happened. So she was the Elon Musk of, uh, <laughs> of madness. <laughs> well, do you remember? Um, well, let's do this. Let's do a you know City Slickers Bruno Kirby. Uh, what was your best day? What was your worst day? Related to mom and the mental illness. Well, I guess I'm telling you. You know, I was I was really out most of the time, whether it was school or sports. On uh, purpose? No, out? just because that's what I wanted to do. So I would I would be uh, you know come home from school, go to football practice, uh, go riding. Remember, I got in trouble for riding my bike uh, at I don't know how old, ten years old. Riding it all the way across town to, and then to Tui Avenue, where, or where we were, and then uh, telling mom, and unfortunately, she told dad, and then I got uh, disciplined for that. But I don't really remember a lot of what, uh, of what she did at that time. I mean... You mean when, when see, you See, I were... wasn't home. For example, when, when, uh, when I came home one day obviously from work, maybe maybe 16, 17, and Dad's face was all scratched up. But I didn't, you know, I wasn't there. Yeah, you were there. No, I wasn't there, because I drove up, and I see, I, as I pull into the driveway, I see his face, and I said, what happened? And he was like, you know, Mom scratched him all up, because there was some kind of argument, obviously, but I wasn't there. But I thought that was the day when, remember when we were uh, around the dinner table, and I don't remember what you did, but Dad, like, hit you in the head. And Mom, you know, 
smashed no. her wine glass and said, you know, like hit it on the on the table and said, you know, don't hit him on the head. And I just remember like my glasses went all <laughs> like red because of the wine. And I thought that was when they got into the huge argument and I wasn't she home. scratched no. him. No, that was from what you do you remember guys, that. I just you... no, I remember him uh, again because he was such old school. Even if you said to, uh, and I think I'd said to him something to the effect of, uh, I asked a question, he didn't hear it, and I said, oh, forget about it. So he wrapped me on the head with the, uh, you know, like the end of uh, just a knife. Just She got upset, but that wasn't, I wasn't there. What, that wasn't the scratch? No, what you guys, I think you or, or Kathy were there because you told you guys told me that Dad made some reference like, you know, I'm going to strangle you or something to that. Oh, yeah. And then she just said, go ahead and do it, and just jumped in his face. Yeah. But I wasn't there. See, that's the thing. I wasn't there for a lot of that stuff. Uh, you were there, I think, when he was um, pr cleaning out his rifles and stuff. Right, and then shot. Yeah, so, but I wasn't there for that. I'm telling you, I, I was, the, the one thing probably... I would say... Just for people listening, so my dad would go hunting, or yeah. our dad would go hunting, and one day he was cleaning his rifles in the kitchen, mom didn't want him to, and he was like, oh, it's no big deal, there's no... It's not uh, loaded. Not loaded. And then he pointed it um, very close to her. But at the coffee thing. Right, and it uh, and it went off and smashed the coffee maker. Yeah. So, anyway... Um, so so it's high. I'm telling you. I'm you don't thinking, remember. I'm thinking uh, as a little kid, you know. I mean, that's. I'm trying to think in my mind what in the world, you know. She broke. Remember, she tried to open a window, but broke her. Mm -hmm. and that I don't remember. That was even. Before. That was at uh, on uh, on Chase, uh, Street. But that was just. So you don't you don't remember when. Like at the funeral with um, uh, for Uncle Joe and her trying to get into the casket. You don't remember. Yeah, but that um, that again is that old mentality. And I said, like I said before, is that she has some blame on herself. Mm -hmm, sure. So that's why I think that's that started this process mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that she had in her mind. But again, um, well, don't you remember when? Um, didn't she like when you were sleeping once? Yeah, but that she... was older when she would walk around the house. But that's not my first. See, that's the thing is I'm trying to remember. Oh, you the don't. First you don't thing. remember the first thing I just that don't. you were like, okay, this is weird. Yeah, I mean, obviously they used to they used to argue like everybody argues, but. Um, well, wasn't the first time like the the definitive. You know, Mr. Milana, there's something wrong with your wife that's not physical. Wow. Was well, male. remember he had the cops when he had the 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 officer guy come by yeah. to tell her that uh, that they're taking well, care of the computers or whatever in, yeah. it was. Yeah, I mean but when that we was, tricked her, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, but that and that was a lot older when we. How old were you? Oh, goodness, we all we all were driving. I think I don't know if you were. I don't even remember. Yeah, that's. The I thing. um. So, so let me ask you this, because the one thing you do remember, or mu or should maybe, um, is the when she was in that hospital, yeah. and then she escaped. Yeah, and so that what was do you when remember you and that? I went up. They only let two people up at a time, so we went up there, and um, she had asked you to go down for some reason downstairs. So wait, to, so let's let's just set the yeah. scene to make sure Billings Hospital. So we them. we in essence. 
she needed to be committed. She mm-hmm. was, and why was she so far gone? Like, do you remember? Well, there obviously was no, there was no understanding of what it was. So everybody, all the doctors thought that it was, uh, you know, uh, nerve issues, something to that effect. I mean, uh, she went to a hospital and they did an operation where they separated a nerve and, a, and an artery uh, and they th- said that was the issue for it. But at that point, there was really nobody that understood what I think is now f- face pain, I think they call it, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, but the face pain is one thing. Then you add the, the mental illness to it. But at that time, it was all, oh, you know, it's got to be this this physical thing, not a mental thing, so let's give some medication. And I think she had stopped taking her medication, and what was she, what was she, do you remember what she was doing that then caused us to trick her into being committed, so to speak? Well, I think it was a lot of the computer voices. She constantly kept saying there were the computer voices. She slept with a knife under her mattress. Uh, but I think it was more the ranting of, you know, these voices. She can't make them stop. Her face, the spiders, the this face pain, again, uh, has this sensation, I guess, of, uh, spiders crawling on your skin, and I, I've been reading about uh, this more recently. And uh, I guess there's, you know, it affects quite a few individuals. Mm-hmm. But at that time, nobody at right. all had heard of it. Right. So, and the only doctor that really uh, they saw, in my opinion, that was uh, a capable psychiatrist, I think his name was Doctor Bernstein, right. out of Evanston Hospital, and he was the first one that said that there's a bipolar issue here. And started that medication, but that was well down the line. Bipolar, I thought. Or paranoid schizophrenic, bipolar. Well, they're different, so. But, okay, so so we have her in the hospital. Mm -hmm. We're going to go visit. We're the first two who go up. And what do you remember of that whole? No, she was in her room, and we went up there, and... Uh, not sh- not long after she said you can go down and have someone else come up or something to you and you left and then she asked me to take her suitcase and said uh, you know just take this just take this and I said no I'm not going to do it and basically she dropped to her knees and grabbed my legs and says you know crying please 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 take this uh, she's got to get out she's got to get out and I just took the suitcase and walked downstairs and to her credit I don't know how you know, maybe uh, <laughs> I don't know how either. Yeah, I mean, you uh, don't know how. You I have, have no idea. idea. I have no idea. But how she, she escaped? She got out, and then my dad and I, uh, everyone else was there because I think our uncle was there. No, Uncle Sam was there. Yeah, they called Uncle Sam to watch you guys. Oh, really? Yeah, and then so <laughs> I Dad know. and I went, drove all the way back home, and uh, in uh, the uh, best uh, Chucky impersonation, <laughs> she was sitting on the couch inside the house, just staring. No, and I remember that too. Walking in, and she was sitting. Yeah, but that's where she was when we couch. left her. Oh. So we walked in first, and she said, uh, "You know, to that kind of effect, if you ever do that to me again, I'll kill you." To, <laughs> to dad, and so we just walked out, went back to the hospital, picked everybody up, and came back home. And she was still sitting uh, on the couch there. So. And you remember that whole night? She just screamed and screamed yeah. on that couch. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, how did you? Because you were going to school, you were working. How did that impact you sleep-wise? Like, but see, remember, at that time, I, I was so active, uh, you know, jogging six miles a night. I would just sleep like the dead. So nothing really, and I was never there. 
So I never really, other than these kind of instances, um, I never, I, I was never around. And again, I don't think you were driving even at that time because I was the only one that had the car. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't even think Kathy had the car after she gave up the Sunbird. So I don't know how she got around either. Uh, but mm. so I, I really just saw that or through dad's words telling me, oh, this happened or uh, with the scratching part. But, uh, you know, when she wanted to function, she was very mm-hmm. yeah, functional. Very, I mean, very... whether it was the sewing, the dressmaking, uh-huh. uh, the cooking or whatever she did, you know, she was on top of her game. But, you know, at, at some point, the medication just goes... Uh-huh. So, so, so tell me this. So, it sort of sounds as if not getting involved or checking out or staying focused on your own stuff is the way that you did cope, whether it was intentional or not, right? During the early years of mom stuff. Is that fair to say? It is, but again, that's. I think it's something you have to just focus on your stuff. I know that maybe it's not easy to say it and do it because I'm sure there are a lot of people that it affects even more so than, uh, for example, when, uh, when I used to go running and you came with me on the bike that one time and didn't you get in trouble the next day? (laughs) Well, yeah, because she thought that I was doing weird things well she yeah. thought that we were doing well weird plus things. because you were riding on that bike and it was for six well, right. six miles it took a toll on you yeah sure and th- uh, in my in my vajayjay yeah so right. yeah no totally your but co- she your cooter bone got busted <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but but she interpreted well she always thought that i was messing around with you messing around with dad like there Uncle was Joe. something weird yeah. like going on there but and that's um, something that could be from their childhood Right, exactly. I think they're, they're, that's a freak show in itself. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't know enough about it. No, we don't. But there's some serious uh, problems right. there. Right, so. right. But, all right, so when Come you... Come to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> this is an advertisement. Yes. Sicily, not Sicily, Italy. Yes, right. Old Sicily. world Sicily. Um, Palermo. So, so, all right, you... Well, so when we kind of look at... Uh, roles right with siblings in a in a family so in the in the earlier years there's always not even just our family but I think in every family there's always one kid who maybe for whatever reason either takes on the more responsibility or is given more responsibility so while in the beginning I would have to say that I had taken on that role there came a point after even Vinny uh, was diagnosed with schizophrenia where you moved into the house and you had both mom and Vinny mm-hmm. that you were caring for. And you had gone, this is my memory, you had gone from a pretty kind of laid back, kind of focused kind of person to someone who kind of lost your shit for a while. Well, it, uh, again, I, I was trying to run my own business. So, you know, and and you had at, I think that's when you decided enough and, and yeah. you had to take on what you needed to do for yourself. So, you know, um, it was tough more probably because of, of our youngest sister, Vinny, because she wasn't, uh, as we always talk about, she was functional, borderline, but had those issues. And so she 
wanted to do things that everybody else was doing, but had a very hard time doing them. So it was very difficult to tell her, you're either doing it wrong. I mean, all of us are stubborn. Oh, my God. So What? So uh, (laughs) just ask Paulina's husband. Uh, So, um, you know, we all have that same issue. And we're able to cope with it. But if you're trying to do something and you can't do it the way it should be done, then you get frustrated and then you get angry. And that was our youngest sister. So she was the, the harder one to to handle. Our mother basically, at that point, uh, as much as she even, you know, as a mother wants to help and all this kind of stuff, she had had her fill. So that's when you, well, you had already gotten Vinny an apartment and uh, gotten all that stuff. So the problem was having to travel, and you did that more than I did, travel from there to there to go pick her up, to go do this. So it was sort of like you were doing uh, a limousine service. You were doing uh, all kinds of things. And, yeah, that felt... Financial. Financial planning. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza or uh, whatever. But uh, so that was, you know, that was just... just just took up too much time. Yeah, but I, I also remember, I mean, didn't you go to... The well, let's 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 backtrack to the very beginning. So, when given that you your memory with mom, I mean, I know it happens because you're so old. Well, yeah, <laughs> and but again, mind is the first to go. I, but the only thing with mom was, uh, and again, it was older. We lived, we had moved to. Uh, oh, here, that's the thing. With mom, for me, it was when we were living at this one house. Which uh, house? On the Chase. Chase. And in Skokie. In Skokie. Yeah. And our dad was at the brink of retirement. The problem was, if he retired, you know, what was going to happen? You know, there still were house payments, et cetera, et cetera. So I had convinced uh, my our father to sell the house because uh, they had bought it so long ago and it was pretty much paid off that they could take that money, uh, buy us another house, and have enough money to live on with our you know, parents' uh, Social Security, et cetera, et cetera. So that's when I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to go look around. And I looked around a few spots, and I picked out uh, three houses and then took them on a Sunday trip and found the house in Algonquin, and they liked it. And that was the one that we chose. So that was on Thanksgiving that we moved. Okay, so hold on a second. Mm-hmm. It's funny because... Uh, kids can be raised in the same family. Parents think they're doing the same thing, right? And the kids come out all different. Mm -hmm. Likewise, you can be in the same family, have experienced the same stuff, and your experience or your memory of it is completely different. So what I remember is mom... So we were in the... It was the Kedvale house, not the Chase Kedvale, house. Kedvale, I must take it right. right. Yeah. And when we were in the Kedvale house, I remember Mom was so far gone yeah. that she told Dad, either we get out of this house because it's bugged, it has all cameras around it, or I'm going to torch it. Well, and that's yeah, she when... all, but she always said that. I mean, even even remember her excuse for leaving Chase was because the basement flooded, and which didn't happen that often. But she was worried that we were going to get sick. But it was more that every place we were at, she thought, yeah, there were computers controlling right. her. Or but, taking pictures of yeah. her. Yeah. But, um, but Dad was wanted to, I mean, he got married at 43. What is that? What are you trying to say? That, at that point, he was going to retire. 
Oh, right. No, no, I, I understand. So, yeah. So then, so we moved to this new house. Um, I was away at college, and when I called to be like, oh, yeah. is somebody going to come get me? You guys were like, well, let us, let, let's give us, <laughs> let us give you the uh, new address to the house. So, um, but, and, all right. Because I had moved, I had gone to, I had gone away to college before. Right. And then when I came home and I saw he wants to retire, because he wanted to retire. Mm-hmm. But, uh. You know, in terms of the money end, it was it just wasn't going to allow him to do it. Mm-hmm. So this was the best solution. Yeah. And Tell me this: How did mom's illness, or or actually, you know what? Did you tell anybody? Like when mom, no. you never told anybody. No. Why? Uh, again, uh, to me, it's it's it, it, it was uh, it's I'm not one that goes out and. And tells everything, and and uh, you know has a podcast, uh, <laughs> and goes about you know it's, I'm just more personal, in, you know, and keep everything inside, not not emotionally, but you know everyone's got problems. You don't uh, you know you don't go out there and say yeah this is what's going on here or there. No, if someone asked, I probably would have said something, but no one asked. Well, because who we knew? kept it all a secret, well, right? But exactly. In the neighborhood, who. You know, who knew? I mean, we got in trouble. Remember, we're in a, from a family where, as kids, we decide to do something very nice for our parents' 25th anniversary. <laughs> so we go and we pay for a dinner at a nice restaurant. DeLeo's. At a nice restaurant. We all get dressed. We all drive there. When we get to the restaurant, we let them out of the car and we tell them this night is for them. And we got into so much trouble <laughs> for doing that. When they came back, I don't even we know. Left if they them ate. We left that them there. That was it. Yeah. yeah, by then, themselves. Then we came back and picked them up, and they were just <laughs> so angry. And here we're thinking, okay, we just did something nice. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's the kind of uh, again old school mentality. We do everything as a family, or we don't do it at all. That was it, basically. So was it that you kind of never really knew, like normal things that should have been normal could be not normal like you never knew which you know what was going to happen what was going to get you in trouble what was going to be okay what but was, i didn't care so you just kept it well i didn't care trust me i i i got in a lot of trouble yeah. you know so uh to within an inch of my life yeah i know <laughs> uh, at some points yeah so yeah so i got in a lot of trouble but you who was it you told me that at one point uh after you know obviously we were much older dad had said to you uh, that uh, I don't know if, uh, or that he told mom that I don't know if if our son is stupid or if he thinks I'm stupid because every time I discipline him, it doesn't make a difference. He just continues on or whatever he said. I can't. And remember. when we're talking discipline, we're not talking in our day. It wasn't you know go time out. go time time <laughs> yes. out go sit in the corner. It was it was, it was time the... in. The bell <laughs> rang and uh, you you know you ever watch National Geographic's as the gazelles are running around trying to escape the. Uh, the lions, yes, that was uh, that was uh, our disciplinary session. <laughs> oh, that's true. So, okay, so um, so even with the girlfriends you had, you never told them, like, because no. they had to come over and see, like, something was the biggest thing that I or... found out. Whenever I brought, uh, you know, girlfriends or even buddies, and it wasn't that often. Because remember, we right. weren't even allowed to have people over. Right. True. So the times that I did, everyone would say to me. I don't know if I could survive in your house. And I'd say, what are you talking about? All the yelling. I said, that's not yelling. That's how we talk. 
So well, that's a that's a Sicilian thing. That's it. Yeah, a, that's how we right, talk. Right. But uh, but everybody would say that to me. But no, no one, no one. We are supposed to turn our phones. Oh uh, yeah, we, we are supposed yeah. to turn our phones off. Yeah, mm. sorry about that. <laughs> so, um, so no, I mean that's the thing. That's what that's how we grew up. If you got out of line, you you got uh, corporal punishment times 10 mm-hmm. so but for me and again i know you got it one time really intense mm-hmm. uh i probably had maybe i remember five six times i think kathy maybe a couple Vinny never mm-hmm. but no that's it seemed like to me it was okay i did so i i knew when i did something wrong all right here's the consequences fine go ahead that's the difference between us that i can tell you i know you guys ran Okay, I knew if I ran, it would be worse. So I would always come, take take what I had to come get got coming to me, and that was it. But I mean, I mean the story of that I always that I do tell people actually is on our older sister when uh, uh, I can't remember what she had done, but I was uh, actually doing homework once. That's the only reason I remember it. And uh, I was on the kitchen table at the kitchen table doing homework. And I hear a ruckus downstairs, and I see our older sister running up the stairs to try to get to her bedroom sanctuary. And my dad, our dad, chasing her from behind. So I always tell this joke that, again, you used to watch Wild Kingdom. And as the lion would be chasing the gazelle, just clipped her heel as she made it to the top of the stairs. And she just quite didn't make it to her bedroom. So, you know, that was basically, you did something wrong. And we're not talking about abusive to the point of where, you know, we were hung by our heels. But, yeah, it was very old school corporal punishment. Mm-hmm. And True. Paulina got it for not wanting to have her hair washed because right. she was afraid of water. <laughs> So, that's true. Or soap. Nearly I can't no. yeah. water. Nearly, yeah. Nearly, uh, yeah. Nearly killed me. <laughs> so ironically, it was mom who actually saved and, me. And that's the same thing with yeah. me. When I, as a little kid, I stole uh, Hot Wheels cars, and uh, she had to step in because that's probably that I took. Um, that was the beating I've taken of my life, <laughs> and I can't remember. I don't know what eight, nine years old, maybe something like that. So, but yeah, she, so that's what I'm saying. She was very protective as a mother. Um, she was, she was very talented of an individual, but she did have mental illness. And that, again, causes that, that all kinds really of problems understood. that no one understood. Now yeah. it's a whole different situation. They understand it much more. There are remedies for it that can either curtail it or, or eliminate it. But at that time, you're fighting. You're fighting a battle. You're you're Don Quixote fighting windmills. Mm-hmm. Windmills. Excuse me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the mind's the first to go, and then the speech. That's it. So, <laughs> um, the stroke is happening. <laughs> so, uh, so, so it's interesting because, um, oh gosh, you had said something earlier that I wanted to touch on um, about. Oh, that you, you know, you didn't. You didn't tell anybody because you were more, you know, personal kind of person. Yeah. And yet you're talking about today it's very different because, you know, people know about it. There's there's more kind of talking about it. Mm-hmm. There's not so much that stigma in your kind of opinion. Um, but then but then that's a good thing then to actually share 
experiences, let people know. Because one of the things too that I that I'm realizing more and more is you are right. Mom was stuck at home. Mm-hmm. She was um, a stay at home mom. She didn't really know the language, didn't, right? Couldn't she drive, didn't drive. Couldn't go right. Anywhere. Had she, four kids. She was she was on lockdown twenty four seven. Right, and she was basically the cook, cleaner, everything. like everything, you know, we treated her, to be honest, kind of like a like a, a maid, like the hired help, right? So so no wonder she kind of went nuts. I mean, not that that's, you know, but... If you're not stimulated to do something, and again, here's a woman who had unbelievable talent as a, as a dressmaker, a seamstress, so she had that ability, and she had a business, so she ran a business. It's just that, again... You have to fit that in. Think about it. You've got four kids, you've got a husband, and you've got to fit the house, the whole thing. And in the meantime, oh, make a wedding dress or make whatever it was she was uh, she was making. Right. It can't be. And using equipment that, you know, was like from the days of the using mules. Right. We talked about that the other day, how the sewing machines back then. They were pedaled. You had to pedal it to get it to do anything. So, right. um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's yeah. a whole different world. It is a different world. My brother is definitely right. You know, I listen back to some of these stories and I think, wow, what were we going through and hiding from the world? And then I think, wow, what must people think reading this or you listeners think hearing this? While there's much more to this podcast, so much more that I thought I'd break it up into two episodes, I'm pausing this first part here to comment on a few things, the biggest of which is perspective. As much as I've always known that each person's perspective is unique to them, I guess that for some reason I didn't think that applied so much to my brother and our upbringing and dealing with the mental illness in our family. From my brother's memories, however, his focus seems to be on the madness being in great part due to our Sicilian culture and to the disciplinarian upbringing. And I I will say I do agree a lot that that influenced the cray-cray of our lives, but in my opinion, it's separate and aside from the, uh, the actual mental illness. I also was surprised at how much he really wasn't present in the house. That kind of blew me away. Um, I just kind of thought he was always there, didn't realize how much he wasn't, it makes sense to me now, um, given his age, right, him wanting to be out, him being allowed to be out as a boy, um, and me with my age, not yet driving and being stuck inside as, you know, piccola mamma, the little mother. Also, my memory when my mom escaped from the hospital included us all in the car searching for her and my dad getting lost. That was a profound moment for me. You can read about it in uh, my book, The S Word. It was my first real meltdown, so to speak. Um, My father was my human GPS, and for him to lose his way meant a lot to me. What I didn't know, and what Ross, um, you know, shed some light on while we were talking, is that our dad and Ross had already found our mom, Um, And as he said, they found her in her best (laughs) Chucky impression at home. They then returned to get the rest of us. And while we were driving and my dad did get lost, 
um, it kind of explains even more now why he did get lost. He had already seen what was waiting for us at home. I imagine that's what his mind was on versus the route that he knew like the back of his hand to get us there. I wonder what he must have been thinking. Was he driving us back home and delivering us to our collective demise? You know, I mean, was there a fear there? Did he just not know what to do? He wasn't paying attention. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I do think my brother Ross summed it up best. <clears throat> our mom was super intelligent. She was ahead of her time. She ran a business in a household without knowing the language without any kind of real personal freedom or outlet. Um, she was very talented. She was a protective mom. And yet <clears throat> she had this, this mental illness, this thing uh, that at that time wasn't understood at all. As Ross says, she was indeed Don Quixote fighting windmills. And in part two of this conversation with my brother, You'll hear more on our mom, and then you'll also hear how much more um, worse, can we say, uh, it gets when mental illness takes root in your family tree. And uh, you'll hear more about our little sister um, being diagnosed as a schizophrenic and us um, having to commit her and, and things that happen there. Anyway... Thanks for joining us for this episode, and I hope you'll listen in on the second half for the rest of the story. Thanks so much for listening to Madness to Magic and my podcast, I'm with Crazy, a love story. I believe we're all here for a purpose, and I know that this is part of mine. Please share this with anyone you think might benefit or might even have a story of their own to share. You also can visit me at madnesstomagic.com or check out more of my stories, including info on my book, The S Word, at paulinamalanawrites.com. I hope to hear from you and to join forces with what I consider a unique caregiver tribe as we all learn to embrace all of ourselves, to have compassion for others, and to come into our full power by the grace that is both madness and magic. Until we meet again, I'll leave you with one of my favorite mantras. Be bold, and mighty forces shall come to your aid. Thank you. Thank you.